You're listening to City Edge Church. For more information, go to cityedgechurch.com.au. So, welcome everybody. Great to see you all, those that we can see by Zoom, and uh, great to have you with us, those who are not here. It's uh, Sunday 26th of April 2020, and of course we're still all, all in lockdown at the moment, um, and who knows how long it's going to last for. So we're making the best of what we can and uh, doing what we can to ensure that the Word of God is uh, still shared with us and uh, preached to us, and uh, pray God that it is working its, uh, uh, its wonders in our hearts and our lives as well. Um, so let's start, let's open with prayer, shall we? Father, we just, uh, we thank you there are technologies in place that we can still gather to hear your word. We can gather as a church. Uh, we can see and speak to each other um, all in the one place at the same time, Lord. That's uh, an amazing thing that, that we have that technology. Um, there have been uh, the gospel times, I'm reminded of gospel times, Lord, when there was the, the perfect uh, environment for the gospel to spread, the uh, the Roman peace throughout the, the empire and uh, good roads and common language of Greek and things like that allowed the gospel to spread. Lord, it seems that you've provided a similar situation for us with Zoom and Facebook and uh, Messenger and various other things that we can utilise to keep in touch and we can utilise to spread the gospel. Father, today... We want to name and claim one of your promises in the Bible, Lord. You have you have claimed that uh, that you that your word will go it's exactly what you purpose it to do, Lord. We claim that promise today. As Mike preaches to us, uh, we claim that promise that your word will work not only in us but will work in all those that may tune into this message by podcast or on Facebook or whatever other means, YouTube, whatever it may be, uh, in the future. And uh, your word will work its, its way into our hearts, into our minds, and into our lives to transform us and to conform us to the image of Christ. So, Lord, we thank you that in these uh, strange and unusual times uh, when the world is turned upside down, that there are some things we can count on, and you have prepared the way for these things to work for us. Lord, we pray that, uh, that those who do not yet know your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, we pray that these times will shake them to their core so that they uh, they cry out in repentance and faith for salvation, Lord, and for a solid rock to stand on and to build their lives on. Lord, we pray that you'll use this message this morning, you'll use our communication with each other and with others for that purpose that you will build your kingdom. And we pray these things in the name of your Son, the one and only Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Mike. No worries. Can everyone hear me all right? It's all, all pretty good. Yep. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot you're all muted. Um, but that's all right. So this morning, we're going to be continuing our series in the characteristics and the attributes of God that we've been looking through for the past few months. Um, as most of you probably all know, we looked at grace last time. And this week we're going to be looking at the aseity of God. So what is the aseity of God? The word aseity in Latin is a Latin word 
and it, it means it is a property of a being that exists in and of itself and from itself or exists so for itself, uh, of itself and from itself. So today we're going to be looking at the aseity of God. Uh, what basically means that God is self-sufficient, that God exists in himself, through himself, and there's nothing that God needs from an external source to exist. That means that God does not need us to live or to do his day-to-day things. He doesn't need us for his power uh, or he isn't driven for what, what we can do. He is driven all for himself as a self-sustaining God. And that's an amazing thing to think about. And, we see, and when we see that we're made in the image of God, but yet his aseity is another characteristic that we can't operate in. When you think about us, it takes a lot for us just to get out of bed each morning. We need, a, for example, we need oxygen to survive. We need to breathe in and we need our heart to be pumping our blood around our bodies just so we can get out of bed. We are fully dependent on those things to keep working, otherwise we stop and obviously we can't get out of bed if that happens. We're in a bit of trouble. And that's before we even think about things like food and water and warmth. There's a lot of things that we need to be able to survive, otherwise we'll cease to exist. But more on that later. But when we look at God, he is everything he needs from inside the Trinity. Everything drives from him. God, for example, for example, God is love. He is the very nature of love, the definition of, of love. In the Godhead itself, there is a perfect, never-ending flow of love between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Unlike us, God doesn't need anyone to be loved. He is himself the greater love, and he is the great lover, and he is the great beloved all in one. This is why the Bible says that God is love. He doesn't need anyone or anything else other than himself in order to love. And it's the same with his existence in every single way. God does not need anything other than himself to exist. So let's we'll open up the word. So we'll go straight to the start of the Bible. So Genesis 1.1, the very first verse of the Bible, what says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, where darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then if we also go to Psalm 90, 1 verse 2. What says, Lord, you have been my dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or even you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So these two scriptures say a lot about the aseity of God. Um, in Psalms it says before the mountains were brought forth and before the earth was formed from everlasting to everlasting you were God these two passages give us great insight into the aseity of God and another one of his attributes what is his, that he is eternal but we'll go into more about his, that he is eternal on another day but from these two verses we can see that God was there before creation and even though he created the earth and the universe God does not need anything that has been created to be able to exist and to be able to be God. He has already existed before creation. That means he does not need us to love. He does not need us, but he loves us, yes. But he doesn't need us to survive and to continue being God. As we've already looked at in this series, God is an unchanging God, meaning that as he existed before creation, there was nothing added to him that made 
him require something in creation to be able to continue being who he is. He will always be the God from everlasting to everlasting, as the psalm said. And if we know that time was part of creation, that he created day and night, and time was part of that creation, meaning there is no time that God will cease being God. God was before time. Everlasting, as it uses in the Psalms, has no expiry date, unlike the eggs that might be in our fridge or the cupboard. They go bad after two weeks, but God does not have an expiry date. He's everlasting, and he will never expire or change state over time. Everlasting not only gives us a great insight before creation, but also leads us to after and into eternity, that God was there before creation, and he'll always be there and be God. And be God. There will never be a time where he depends on something to survive or cease being God. As God has many names, and one of them is the Alpha and the Omega, as it says in Revelations 22.13. I'll just read it. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. What means, what means that God is the beginning and the end. Through all everlasting, he will never cease to be self-sufficient. He will never cease in being God. He will always be God, past, present, future. And he is beyond time. He will always be the everlasting God. As creation adds nothing to God to be able to exist, that means that he's under no obligation to create creation and us. For example, for in order for me and Sarah to live, I have a job. And I get paid to do that job, um, as most of you do. It's in order of a way for us to live. We get paid money to be able to support our families. Without that, we can seriously put our lives and our families in jeopardy of the things that we require to survive. It's a trade-off. We get paid for something that we need to be able to survive. But, but then if you look at God, there was nothing that he needed to trade. There was nothing he needed to do. He was under no obligation to create us. He was under no obligation to get paid money by someone because Jesus and the Holy Spirit were eating him out of house and home, but there was no obligation anywhere. God created us out of his sovereignty. God has everything he needed in himself, and yet he chose to create us and the universe. But out of his sovereignty, he created us, not out of his need. Through him, he has given all life to the world and us, and through him, all life is given. God is sufficient for himself and for all life in the world. Everything revolves around God the life that he has given he's created the world and the universe and he has breathed life into us as it says in genesis 2 7 it says the lord god formed the man of dust from the ground he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creatures creature god physically created and breathed life into us it says that God breathed into our nostrils and we became living. There's a couple of things that we gain from this scripture. First of all, we've been teaching CPR wrong all these years. We really should be doing the breath through the nose as God gave us breath through the nose and we became living. And first, of, and the other one is, um, and second, that God physically out of, the, out of his being gave us life. Nothing from what we have created gave us life, but in him and him alone, physical life was given. Through him we are formed, and through him we are given life. Through him we, we are physically given life and able to live as it comes through him. He physically gives us life, but that's not all. Through him he is sufficient. 
He gives us spiritual life as well. As through Christ, we are saved from everlasting wrath of God to everlasting salvation with him. Through God, all things were created and sustained, given life or death, and all things are done through God. John 1, 1 to 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made. That was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. <clears throat> life is all in God, physically, mentally, and spiritually. All through God and the sufficiency of God. There's nothing that we can give God to make him better or cease being God, as he is all sufficient in himself. And through that sufficiency, we exist through him and only by him. For example, when there's a baby in the womb, um, you could use Holly for this example if you really want to, as she's the newest member of City Edge. But when a baby is in the womb, um, from the moment it's created to the moment it is born, it's completely dependent on the mother to get the nutri- nutrients and grow and physically, and it is physically connected through the umbilical cord where it receives everything it needs to grow. In the same way, it's the same relationship we have in God. We need that invisible umbilical cord to exist. Without it, we would simply cease to exist. He gives us the life physically, spiritually. We are fully dependent on him, even if we're saved or not. It comes from God, who is not dependent on anything and is fully sufficient and goes down to creation. And it goes down to creation, what is fully dependent on God in everything. God is the great unmade maker and the great self-sustaining sustainer. And that is the aseity of God. We are not created because God was lonely, as he does not need us to survive. He didn't create us because he was bored. God is not dependent on us. God does not need our advice on a situation. He does not need the answer to a question, as it says in Romans eleven thirty-four to 35. says, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counsellor? Who has given him a gift to him that he might be repaid? Then in Isaiah 40, 13, 14. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge? and showed him the way of understanding. This scripture is about who can, who can add or give something to God, as there is no and the answers. is no one can, as he is God. He, is, he and all his attributes and all he is, is him. And after all, we are created through him who gives us life. As it says in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? What is what is that we have what is it that we have that we have not received from God? There is nothing that we have that God already does not possess. 
There's nothing that we have created that God does not already know about. There is nothing that we could ever surprise God with. With all, with as all that we have, we are received from Him, and we are sustained through Him. If we continue in Romans, the next verse of uh, Romans 11, so Romans 11:36 says. But from him and through him and to him all things are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. This verse proves the authority of God, that all things are from him and through him and for him. That is the source for all creation and for us. And that he alone deserves the glory. For everlasting, everlasting, he deserves all the glory. Out of all creation, nothing originated from itself. There's nothing that exists for itself. We exist by the sovereignty of God and for the glory of God. And through Christ, we are saved. It says in Colossians 1, 15 to 23. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether the thrones or dominions or the rulers or the authorities, all things were created through him. And for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything we might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to be reconciled to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and for which I, Paul, became a minister. It's a fairly amazing, powerful verse of the Bible, as it it says through him all things were made and they were made for him. Paul paints a picture of these of this in the opening verse that Christ was there in the beginning, that Christ is God. He states that he created all things and he was part of creation. Jesus wasn't created by God, but is God. He wasn't created at his birth through Mary, but he was there at the start of everlasting and will always be there. He is God. As we can see through that verse. That, that we were created by God and then we are saved by God. Our physical and spiritual life is in is all through God himself. That Christ was the adjacent of cre- creation and he's also the goal of creation. So we see that he created all, th- all and through all sustains his creation. And in turn, he's also the goal of creation, proving that he's in all. Jesus came to reconcile us, his creation. He came and defeat the barrier that he that we had, and that was sin. And when we understand the aseity of God, it puts this puts how amazing a sacrifice it was for Christ to come. As he went, as we went over, God didn't have his arm twisted to create us. He doesn't need our existence to still be God. But yet he created us. Not only did he create us all, but when we rebelled against him, he sent Christ to save us. He came to save something that doesn't affect his existence. And it wouldn't matter what happened to us in terms of being God. God will continue being God, but yet he came to save us out of the love for us that we don't deserve. 
as we read in verse 21, while we're still sinners doing evil deeds, that he came, he died, that whoever believes in him um, and makes Christ their Lord and Saviour will be reconciled and made holy and blameless in front of the Father. What a gift. What a gift there was. Nothing in it. There is nothing in it for God. He will continue to be God without us or with us. To send Christ and yet he sent him to save us who rebelled against him who gave us life and sustains us. We need to understand the aseity of God because just like it is deadly for us to think that we can that we can be God, it's just as deadly to believe that God is just like us. For us to believe that God is basically just us but has a lot more power and authority, but when we think that God is like us, is like that when we create it, we create a false image of God and we're not serving the one true God. Instead of serving instead of serving the true God, we are serving a God of our imagination who is unworthy. Of our service, as we are, instead of serving the all-powerful God and sustaining God, but when we understand who God is in His aseity, and not just in His aseity, but in all His attributes, then we have the joy of which we are made made for, and to worship and give glory to the ever-loving, true God who is worthy of it all. We need to understand the aseity of God is one of these things that sets God apart from us. It sets him apart that he is fully self-dependent on himself. He has all that he needs in himself, unlike us, who we need him to function, and not only to function, but to be saved. And we, and we can only be saved for a God who sustains all. If we allow ourselves to believe that God needs us, that he needs us because he's lonely or he needs us to feel accomplished, then we're following an idol. And that's uh, an idol and that we destroy the image of God in our minds, not only destroying the image of God, but we just brings us to our destruction. As you can see, God is um, self-sufficient, self-dependent. He can live and continue being God without us, but he chose to create us and give us life. That we have is through him and all that we have is through him. All that we receive is through him. Without him, we have nothing. So in closing, take courage and take heart that we, that we have seen through this series that God is a God of many characteristics and attributes, and that is unchanging. He is the source of all things, and through him we have life. If, we don't know, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Saviour, I'm fairly sure most people here do, but if anyone's listening, um, yeah, take this opportunity to seek him out, to seek your Bible, to read it, to understand who this guy is and and what he has done for us. And feel free to talk to any one of us as we would love to lead, lead you to Christ and to help you understand what Christ has done for you. Christ died for you. He didn't need to. He didn't gain anything. He doesn't cease being God without us, but he chose to die for you. And all you have to do is repent and choose him as your Lord and Saviour. Knock and the door will be open. In closing, please don't take my word for that God about God's aseity. For God, and in matter of fact, for all his characteristics, we jump into your Bible and keep reading about God. The Bible is full of his attributes and his society and everything in there. Um, through his word, he'll open up so much more than I could ever do preaching. So can I encourage you to keep reading your word, keep digging him out, keep seeking who he is, and, yeah, be encouraged for that. So that's, that's it, nice and short for today. Um, so we'll, we'll just pray quickly. So, Father, we, we thank you that 
you are there, Father. You are there leading us. You gave us life. You, you breathed life into us, and yet you still you sent Christ as well to give us spiritual life for those who believe. We pray that through this um, through this time, and not just through this time, but through through all the years that we're alive, we'll be able to work, uh, do your will, Father, Lord, and seek you out, Lord, and to take every opportunity that you give us. We thank you, Lord, that you're in control. You don't need us, but yet you chose to come and save us. And we thank you, for Father, that we are unworthy, Father, but yet you came. And um, we just pray your blessing, Father. We pray your blessing over everyone today, Lord. We pray that you continue to keep us safe and healthy, Lord, and, and continue to use us, Lord. Continue to help us to look for those, those opportunities, Father, Lord, to to share who you are, Lord, and, and to spread your name. In your name we pray, Father. Amen. Thanks for listening to City Edge Church. For more information, go to cityedgechurch.com.au.